0: Hello, listeners. Soon we'll be doing a question and answer episode of the podcast. So feel, pre- feel free to submit your questions to us on any social media platform. Message us directly, Facebook, Instagram, tweet at us, Twitter. Message us on Reddit, post on the, the subreddit, comment on a YouTube, uh, uh, video, something like that, But and uh, submit some questions to us, questions that you might have had during the the process or length of this podcast or questions you might have that are stumping you or uh, anything that you might want, some insight that we might have to offer. Uh, Can't guarantee we'll have the best advice, but it'd be fun to at least interact with you and help you and, well, maybe not help you, but at least engage with you and talk about any questions you might have for us as as a teaching team. Hello and welcome to the Martial Arts Teaching Tactics Podcast. I'm Chris Kent and I'm joining Chris Bean. Mr. Bean. Hello, sir. Last week, we took a look at the things that you can directly do uh, to teach a great class. Hopefully, you took some time to build your own checklist of what some of those things are. And then now, this week, we're going to talk about how we can take a look at some of the results of that great class that you've been teaching. There will be byproducts of how you're teaching your classes. These byproducts really need to be the metrics by which you gauge your class's success on. Some of the byproducts could be things like Students showing up to your class, students knowing the information. And then during the class, what does your viewing area look like? What are the, the parents and friends and family and people that are coming to the classes, how are they looking during those class times?
1: So starting right at the top, you know, are your students showing up for class? Seems super basic, right? Um, but if you have a large fluctuation, in your attendance where you have a lot of people on some days and not very many on other days or in general in the early classes, the beginner classes, it's huge and packed and by the time you get to the black belt class or the upper end of your your students, the classes are small, one or two people. That would be um, cause for concern. Maybe you might want to think about doing something to help that situation, right? So. One metric, and perhaps the, the first metric to check in on, is how big are your classes? You know, is there a, um, a huge difference from your beginner classes to your advanced classes? Again, that directly relates to you and how you are teaching your classes. If you're teaching great, lively, fun, interactive, um, good classes, then the people will continue coming back. Your students will continue to be your students. If somewhere along the line, um, you know, maybe your classes start to dip or they start to have bad experiences, then that will lead to those students going somewhere else to train or to, to, to stop training altogether. And so that would be, again, the first metrics that I would look at to, you know, what are the, the byproducts of your teaching? You know, what are your class sizes like from beginning to end? If you're continue, if you, you know, if, so if you are um, in, that, in that boat where you have a, a heavy on the beginner classes and kind of light on the upper classes, maybe try to do a, an assessment and find out where those people are dropping out at. You know, can we pinpoint to a belt? Can we pinpoint to a specific time or an event? or, or some, some, something that happened at your school or even, you know, in the world, or the, you know, whatever is going on. Um, and then from there, if you can pinpoint a time or, or uh, a belt or something like that, then think about, brainstorm, what are some things you can do to, to help that, to fix that, so that that doesn't continue to happen each time those students get to that spot in their training. Again, if you're running great impactful classes, your students will want to come back. They're gaining information. You are creating a a good relationship with those students. You're giving them information. They're going to want to continue. They're going to want to continue coming back and and, and getting more information because they like the classes. They like you as the instructor. They have some sort of connection to those people that they're doing their training, their, their classes with. That's what we want. That's the desired outcome. And so if we have that in the beginning, we just continue to improve that along their path so that when they get to those higher end classes, they're still coming back. Because despite the information being the same, quote-unquote, because you're still doing martial arts, it is different. It's varied enough and is new because they're growing and, and learning more as they travel further down the journey of their training. If they are receiving great classes, if you are delivering them with new information, important information, useful information, even if money becomes a a tight topic of discussion or, or, or tight for the students, they will do their best to find the funds for you and your classes because they know the huge benefits that they're getting from your program. And so again, if you can continue offering those things, even if money becomes tight for them later on, people find money for what they really want to do or what they really believe is important or impactful for them. So be that for your students, not necessarily for your pocketbook, but for the changes that you can make in their lives, not just in, you know, kicking and punching, but outside of karate, like we talk about continually, right? It's not just it's not just about, you know, kicking and punching. It's about the life improvements through the martial arts that we can offer our students. You know, if you have an advertising campaign and, and maybe you are um, not putting into that, maybe you're not building that advertising campaign as much as you want or should or, or were in the past because of your program. Because of the classes that you are providing to your clients, to your students, they will be talking to their friends. Hey, listen, I do karate over here. That's so fun. We get to do all these cool things and it's helped me in all these different ways. They'll share those experiences with their friends, their families, the people they come in contact with. That will be a great building block for your students to, to, to gain new students because they are out talking to the people that they would normally talk to anyways, but you come up. You are the topic of discussion because of the benefit that you've offered and, and, and continue to offer to, you, to your clients and to your students, to your families, to the community, all of those things. So even if you are not, again, quite doing what you need to do as far as advertising and getting new students in, um, you know, paying the, the pay-per-click and, and all those things on Facebook and whatever. Because of the type of classes that you teach, your students are talking about you. And because of the way they talk about you, other people want to come and, and be your student as well.
0: Ultimately, think about your classes as the product. The classes are, are what the people come for. Of course, they get the additional benefits of all the character traits and the the life improvement that comes with the martial arts, but what you're selling is your, your class. You're selling the class because the class is where those things are, are um, you know, the seeds are planted and the things are developed and things are grown. So whether or not someone saw an ad or heard an ad and they came to you, um, you need to make sure that the product that people are there for is good and it keeps them returning. Think about, you know, maybe you have a favorite drink or something you buy from the store. Whether you saw that on the television or you heard an ad on the radio, you go back and you buy that drink because the drink is good. Not because you keep seeing advertisement or not because you feel um, like you have to go buy the drink. You do it because you like it. Think about that like a class. Make a class that people enjoy and they want to come back to and the product, that class will sell itself. And, you know. Going back to the drink, you've probably had that drink and told other people, oh yeah, this drink's so good, I like this drink, this drink's awesome. There's that word-of-mouth advertisement, and you run those good classes and provide that good product for your students. They're going to go tell other people, tell other people about it too, and that's going to do some advertising for you as well. So again, a good metric is if they're actually showing up to your class. And to get them to show up to your class, make sure you're running good classes that, that and providing a good product that makes them want to come back and continue showing up for those classes.
1: Moving to the next step, do your students know their information? Or maybe a better phrasing for, for that would be how well do your students know their information? If you are in your classes teaching your students, teaching, actually teaching the information, getting the students to learn and practice and, and go through the motions of really diving into those moves and, and your your philosophies, and all the things that you're teaching in your classes, they're going to know their stuff. And they're going to take pride in the quality that they can present in their movements. Not so, that, not, not so much that you know, they can just do it. Because it's one thing to be able to just to do something, but another thing to, to know it. Right? So when you are in your classes, you are teaching. Teach your students. Not just do it in front of them teach them. Give them the tools that they need to really learn and and take hold of these movements and make it their own. How how can they put their own spin on this and, and, and improve it and make it work for them? That will be the, you know, really that is the key. You want to be able to teach in such a way that your students can actually learn their information. Again, standing in front of the class and doing the movements in front of them is not the same as teaching them. You have to Give them the tools that they need to actually be able to break down these moves, help it make sense for them, so that when the time comes, if the time ever come, uh, came, they could actually do those moves when they needed to, or at your tests, whether it be your your qualification, your your pre pre test, moving into the actual belt test, or it's your belt test, or it's the black belt test, or whatever it is. How well. Do they know your information? And again, this metric is straight to you, the teacher, because if you are teaching poor classes, or you're just in front and and you're doing the moves as opposed to teaching the moves, your students are obviously not going to know them as well as they could otherwise. So do your best. That might mean you need to do some homework. Think about some sort of stumbling blocks. Where are your students uh, struggling at? And what are some steps that you can take to improve that? Not just for those current students, but for those future students that are going to be at that place later on. The students that you don't even have yet. The students that you don't know yet. Students you haven't even, you haven't even came to your classes yet. How can you fix your program for them? Moving forward. And then everybody knows their information inside and out, backward and forward, upside down, no matter what, they got it, right? And that comes down to the way that you teach your classes. If you teach your classes and and you have, you know, a a vague explanation or a poor demonstration of what those moves are supposed to look like or an understanding of how and when to use them, your students are not going to be able to learn from that. They're not going to be able to know those moves as good as they could otherwise. So, again, do your best, to teach the classes. Teach your students. You, again, that might require you to do some homework. Maybe you go out and you talk to other martial arts school owners or martial arts instructors, or you get on the, on the you know, Reddit or, or, or YouTube or whatever, and you search out, how can I do this better? What can I do to be better? What are other people doing? Seemingly, they get their students to do this. How can I do this? We've talked about this. I feel like this is a uh, you know, one of the most common things that we've talked about in our podcast so far, but the law of the lid. John Maxwell's 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. Law of the lid. Your students, your team can only be as good as you are. So if you need work on your moves, then your students need work on their moves. If you're out there demonstrating the moves and you're doing it at a low quality, your students are going to be at low quality. Teach them. Show them what it's supposed to be like. Show them what you want from them. Tell them, listen, I want you guys to do it like this. Watch. Pow. All right, now you guys, let's see how close you guys can get to that. Who can do it better than I can? Those are the type of things that you want. Those are the students that you want to create in your school, in your classes. And then to go out and be normal, civilized human beings outside of here. Think about the the benefits that they can add to, to, um, to society and to their work and to their home lives because of the time that you spent with them, because you cared enough to show up to your classes and teach them the information, not just do it. So again, how well, not just can your students do the information, no, 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 how well, can your students do the information? Information Is it close to you? Is it better than you? That would be the goal, right? You want your students to be better than you. And then how can you get them to be there? Create a plan. Divide that up into your lesson plans. Put it into action. Make your students better than you are. But it starts with you, the instructor. You have to show up and be there to teach them, not just to do the moves.
0: Of course, they have to know their information because you're not just handing the belt out to them you don't just say hey you you're here so here's your next belt whether you know the move or not you can just be here's a free belt basically if you don't put any effort in or put little effort in or if you put a whole bunch of effort in doesn't matter because we're just giving belts out to everybody so making sure they know the information testing them on the information holding them to these standards not only is going to make the, the the achievement or the Um, graduation or the success a lot more meaningful because they had to actually work for it but it's going to create those hard-working students who know their material they know it inside and out they're prepared and determined and ready and disciplined to put in the hard work they need to to uh to to earn and not just be given their next rank and of course as you know that attribute and that character trait will carry on into other things, other jobs they work or relationships they have or, you know, anything. They've had that experience of having to be a hard worker and being disciplined and they know what it feels like to put a lot of effort into something and be rewarded for it. So make sure that you're not just letting people show up and giving them something because you're standing there, but make them earn it. Not only to create the higher quality student, but also to Give them something something else they can take away from your martial arts program.
1: Yeah, you know, maybe part of this is you, and I I hesitate to use the phrase assign, maybe give or suggest or something along those lines, but homework. Listen, we've talked about the the practice cards in the past. Having some sort of system like that for your school could be beneficial, right? What are the metrics on... Are your students practicing outside of your class? Coming to class is great. You lead great classes, awesome. When, they, when they're you know, at the end of your class, they can do those moves pretty good. But by the next time, do you have to reteach them that stuff so that by the end of that class, they know the moves pretty good? And then that cycle continues. If they can actually go home and have some sort of system or some sort of um, game plan or roadmap to help them to achieve and be better, to really know those moves, wouldn't that be nice for your team, for your classes, for your students, for your clients? Of course. So what can you do to help to achieve that? We talked about uh, note-taking, having some sort of a, a martial arts journal. That would be beneficial. Having the practice cards. Very beneficial because then it's not just that you you and your class is, okay, hey, listen, students, make sure you guys go home and practice. All right, bye. What practice? What? What, is it? what? You know, the students in their minds are like, practice. What? Practice what? We did so much today. Am I supposed to practice all that? Does he just want me to practice a little bit? Should I just practice. Maybe I just practice the old stuff since I know that really good. Because m- more often than that, that's what their students are thinking about. They're thinking, oh, I'm going to practice this stuff. That way, I don't mess up the new stuff. So, having some sort of guideline, roadmap, a uh, you know, a sheet of paper, or something. Hey, practice this. And then breaking it down even more, practice this this many times on this side, right? If you want a, a recap of what what I'm talking about with practice cards and all that, um, you can check back to one of our previous episodes to find that. I'm sure it's called practicing or um, episode 11. We talked about the practice makes perfect fallacy. In that episode, we go through lots of different um, ideas and philosophies and practice. And in there as well, we kind of set up and give you the, the kind of the guidelines of what i'm talking about what is a practice card and how to develop that for your system if you haven't been through that episode and maybe you need a recap on it i think that's a really good one um, if, if for anything for the system of the practice card and having that um, roadmap for your students to kind of have an idea of what specifically to practice again telling them the practice is great and they hear you say that but actually going home and doing something that's something completely different Tell them, let them know the specifics of what to do. And telling that to a whole class is a little bit tough. So have that system in place. Even, again, if it's a a piece of paper that you give out at the beginning, hey, you're a green belt now. Here's your green belt practicing stuff. You're a red belt. Okay, here's your red belt practice paper. Right? And something that they can can see and have reference to of what to practice, how many times, and all of that stuff. Again, episode 11. Hopefully that will give you some better information on that. Now, moving to the next area, your viewing area. And if you don't have a viewing area, maybe you have to use some other metrics on on this. But viewing area, you're in class teaching. You probably have some sort of spectators, mom, dad, brother, sister, husband, wife, whoever, friends, that come and watch the student participate in class. When that happens. A good judge of how your class is going is how attentive those people in the viewing area are paying attention. If everybody has their head down on their phone, that doesn't necessarily mean you're not teaching a great class, but uh, it's certainly not an exciting class, at least from their point of view. If you have people up, maybe not up isn't the right word, but if they're looking that looks like they're paying attention to class. Maybe not so so much that they're trying to do the moves, but they're watching, they're paying attention to the things that you're doing. That is what we want. That's the goal. You want those people that are there watching class that, you know actually be watching the class. I'm sure if you have a viewing area, I'm sure if you can think back to last night or last time you taught class, or even better, tonight when you're going in to teach class, Take a look at that viewing area while you're teaching. How many of those viewers, parents, brothers, whoever, how many of those people are looking down at their phone? What percentage of them? 90%? 50%? That'd be, that'd be, that actually would be pretty good. You get half of those people that are watching your class actually watching your class, as opposed to just taking up space in your viewing area. That would be the goal, right? They're there to watch. And the nice thing is, whether it's mom or dad or husband or wife or whatever, sometimes if the student is needing extra help on this or they need to practice something specifically or maybe they are uh, excelling at something, you can go over, hey, did you see how good your wife just did that? That was awesome. Man, aw- very good. Keep working on it. Or, um, you know, if, if you have Johnny's in class and mom's over on, on the ledge watching – hey, you know, maybe mom, maybe we do a private lesson for Johnny just to make sure he's up to speed on this stuff. Oh, yeah, right, got it. And if, if you haven't done this before, taking a look over at the viewing people, the viewing area, can also be a good tell on how those students are doing. Because if you have a mom, per se, maybe it's Johnny's mom, like I just talked about, watching class, and she looks kind of nervous or fidgeting or, or, you know, something something might be going on with Johnny, and you look over at Johnny, and sure enough, more than likely, nine times out of ten, you might have to go and check in on Johnny. Or if you have dad over there, whoo, yeah, good job, uh, then go check in on his daughter, and yeah, hey, that was awesome. Make sure you praise her as well. Right? So the viewing area can be a good tell for a couple of different things. Again, how each of those individual people are doing, right? If you have moms over there kind of biting her nails or, you know, whatever, um, use that, right? Look at, look at them and then find the student that, that, is associ- or that they're associated with and then figure out what to do. What's, what, what do you have to do to help to encourage or to fix or to, to, to move forward with that, right? If, you're look, if you look over to viewing area and everybody's down on their phone, have a, a challenge. Right? This is, this is a, a fun way to kind of get them to pay attention. You have everybody in your class. Of course, they have some sort of memory something that they do. Or maybe you just have them do a, a hi as loud as they can or, or something. All right. Hey, parents, parents, listen, listen, listen. Hey, we're going to do a challenge real quick. Okay. I want to see how loud you guys are versus how loud the students are. Okay. We're all going to say hi as loud as we can. Okay. Students, you guys go first. Ready? Go. hiya. All right, parents. Now it's your turn. Ready? Go! Hi-ya. And then they can do kind of a back and forth. Maybe do it a couple times, and you know, whoever declares the winner is the winner. And then perhaps from that, that will be enough to like, oh, hey, that was kind of interesting. Maybe maybe we actually watch and see what happened before that, or or what's going to happen next. Right? That can be enough to kind of wake them up to say, oh yeah, hey, I was actually here to watch Samantha do class, not not you know, play on my phone. Right? So how you know if that is the case if they're you know heads down and or or you know whatever not paying attention what can you do to get them to be involved or feel involved or to pay attention what call to action can you give them to show up and 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 watch the class you know the thing that they actually came through the door to do right so again if you haven't used that metric if you haven't looked over at at the at the viewing area or if you if you watch them you're like ah that's just what they always do okay well again what can you do to excite them what can you do to motivate them to watch the class because i I would venture to say if they go watch a movie in the theater they're not going to be on their phone playing the entire time the movie is going they're going to watch the movie so if they can pay the attention for that long, they might be able to sh- should be able to pay attention to their family member or spouse or whoever to watch and, and, and partake in your class. right. So lead classes that are a- exciting, not just for the students and something and impactful and beneficial for them, but if you're doing classes like that, then the, the viewing area should be packed because people want to come and watch. They should be actually paying attention to your class because even though they're not in class, they might actually be picking up and and getting some beneficial information, right? So what can you do to help or to achieve that? That would be the goal. That's your goal, right? Create a roadmap. What can you do to to achieve that
0: goal? I already mentioned your class as being your product, and the person you're selling is the parent or grandparent, whoever it is that's going to actually pay for your program. So if you can get them to engage and and, and enjoy and be a part of or at least pay attention to the class, it's a lot easier to sell that person on your program. And on those days when Johnny doesn't want to go to class, they're going to be more likely to push or to make or to encourage Johnny to go to class because they know the benefits and the things that come from the martial arts because they've sat there in the reviewing area and watched what's happened and watched the growth in their child or themselves or you know whoever it may be having that person invested in the program too is going to be important for you to to uh, it's going to be important for you in retaining that student and getting them to come back to the class because if, if dad is convinced that the program is good and they're convinced that there are so many benefits to it, when Johnny says, no, I don't want to go, dad's going to say, no, you're going to go. He's going to make him go rather than roll over or kind of doubt or be skeptical about if, you know, whether we, maybe we should go or not or maybe we should quit because Johnny's not interested. If they can see firsthand from your viewing area the things that happen, the things that are, are encouraged, the things that grow inside of their student uh, uh, during the class, it's going to be a lot easier for them to to bring the student to the class, get them to show up, make sure they practice, make sure they know the material and keep them engaged in your class too.
1: So we've talked about this many times already. Teaching is a skill and it's a skill that you can improve on. And whether you're new to teaching or you've been doing it for years and years and years, having some sort of feedback will hugely benefit your progress. Right? So, Use these, think of your own, but come up with some sort of a guide, some sort of, of metrics to watch and to look for, and, and provide yourself with feedback on how well you're doing as an instructor. And then as you do that, as you're going through that process, what can you do to improve? Again, not just for your sake to be better, but for your students' sake. What can you do to help them to achieve and, and be better than they are? Right Again, it's you. You are the teacher. If you are not doing so well on these metrics, if the feedback that you're getting from these things are less than you want them to be, come up with a plan of action. What can you do to fix those or to help to improve those? And, and maybe just choose one thing to check in on, one thing to, to adjust, one thing to, to, to try differently, and then check your feedback. And it very likely won't be immediate. It's not like you're going to do one thing that's different and everybody's like, oh, wow, that was the best class ever. Good job. And then they're best forever all the time. That doesn't happen. Right? So make, it, make a change and then sit back and, and, and see what feedback you get. And then depending on how that goes, make another change. Wait for some feedback. See how that goes. The, the, the goal is to continually be moving forward. Continue to try to improve right don't think oh, I'm good enough I taught these classes fine now you know for so long what, you know why why, why change that well because you can you could be better teaching is a skill just like your students come to you to learn a skill and you give them feedback to help to improve your students are giving you feedback hopefully you can open your eyes big enough or to you know compress your head maybe a little bit smaller than it is to partake and and, and learn and grow from the feedback that you are getting from your students.
0: And Mr. Bean already mentioned it, but your metrics might be a little bit different. You might use a different set of metrics than we did. You might use some of the metrics we did and then add some or take away some, whatever it is. Whatever it is, of course, find what works for you and find out what the good thing is, but make sure you're measuring the right thing. And if you notice in the list above that almost all of the items have to do with the student, or uh, all of the items have to do with the students. Remember to keep your student-focused and student-first mindset as you're thinking about your metrics and tracking these things to gauge how good your classes are. Anything else, sir?
1: No, nope, I think that, that pretty well summarizes. Pretty well summarizes. So again, use this episode, along with the last one, to help to, one, Check in on what, what things do you want to be accomplishing in your classes? What, what is a gr- good or a great class to you? And then this episode, we went over what are the byproducts of those good classes? What feedback are you getting from your students? And then adjust moving forward to be better, to improve.
0: Yes, sir. As always, you can find us online on the social media Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Reddit, Instagram. Any of those places, you can find us at MA Teaching Tactics. M.A. for Martial Arts, Teaching Tactics. Again, that's M.A. Teaching Tactics. Until next time, I'm Chris Kent.
1: And I'm Chris Bean.